Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. In the land of Zaslav. Welcome to another episode of Strata Gotham, episode 93. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to BOF, clicking that drop down, and picking from the buffet of programs for you to be entertained by. Now, I am your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River. I am a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I'm Peter Ember, and today we're recording on October 8th, 2022. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before I get into all the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, our faithful listeners, if you take the time to rate and review this show that you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, you have just won Strand of Gotham prize pack. You got to be in it to win it, so get those reviews in like Rotten Tomatoes. Now, everyone's favorite part of the show. Let me introduce you to my on-air co-host, the man who won the 1965 West Islip Candy Corn Eating Competition. Ladies and gentlemen, a Batman on Film Junior contributor, Eric Holzman. Hmm. Hello. Sorry. You are a dud. (laughs) I always try to figure out the logistics of how I could win something before I was bored. came out firing on all cylinders like, uh, oh god, like the opposite of Max Scherzer last night, and uh, you look like the Mets offense. <laughs> no, 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 I honestly, I'm sorry, I was look checking on something when you were doing the intro, and and then when you introduced me, I was like, oh shit, he just said. <laughs> so it's my fault, I apologize. You're damn right it's your fault. I'm still also trying to figure out how I did something 11 years before I was actually on the planet. But, um, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's fun. I, I, I don't even like candy corn, so I don't even know where that came from. Um, I, uh, I think you're being modest. <laughs> well, that's actually, I shouldn't say that. I used to like it when I was younger. So that, that would make sense. I used to like candy corn when I was a kid. Uh, but it's one of those things I got older. I think I just, the sweetness just gets, got too much. So now I don't like it anymore. What are you talking You order like pumpkin spice lattes by the gallon. I do. You love sugar. <laughs> no, I don't. Not anymore. You're sweet like bear meat. I, what are you talking about? I do like pumpkin spice lattes. I do. But <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I don't know. It's like weird. As I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less. Sweet things <clears throat> aren't as important to me as they used to be. Even drinking. Like I used to, I used to like drinking sweeter drinks when I was younger. Now I'll just take a, a nice whiskey or a bourbon straight. I don't need anything in it. Or if it is, if it does have something, a sweetener in it, like a, a nice Moscow mule or a Kentucky mule where they put a little ginger beer in it, that's fine. I'm good with that. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, not into the sweet stuff. You can, you guys, well, they can't see you, but you can see Leia actually. Whatever. <laughs> Leia's, Leia's up. Uh, moving around, which is not usual for our broadcast. She's sleeping and snoring in the background. So uh, I just thought we, like I said, guys, you can't see it, but we can see each other. We do a video recording, but it's only an audio that you guys hear. So 
Yeah, Pete actually, I know I'm a little schizophrenic this morning and a little over the place, but Pete actually brought up the the Mets. Uh, <laughs> so we could start there real quick with our little sports segment. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I did not expect... <laughs> You've been running your mouths all year on the fan and you got bit in the ass. No remorse. <laughs> that was that was not a representative performance, I don't think, of what a Max Scherzer normally would do. I'm 40 million. I don't want to hear any more about Garrett Cole giving up home runs and oh. his fat paycheck because the San Diego Padres turned City Field into Petco Park last night, a.k.a. Slam Diego! Yeah, I'm going to have fun with this till Tuesday and Cole gets shelled, but I'm going to enjoy this now. <laughs> as, they, as they say in the trade, uh... San Diego, San Diego got in that ass. They did. They really, they really uh, beat the crap out of Scherzer. Yeah, it was and nice it, to see the national. I mean, the Padres <laughs> do a little damage. Josh Bell, oh yeah, first was, inning dinger. Yes, and it wasn't like Soto had a terrible game too. Like Soto didn't do anything. It was everybody yeah. else on the of in the offense that did well. So. Um, I Pete obviously has has much more hatred for the Mets than I do. I don't hate the Mets. I, they're just kind of there for me. Uh, just, their fans are annoying. They talk but, about running the city. You know, they just they didn't even win the division. Like, calm yourselves. I know that's true. I'm sorry. Just they, yeah, they did you were running your mouth all no. year. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun though. Like, this is the type of thing I like. Oh, it's good. It's definitely it's good stuff. Yeah. It's been fun to to have the banter with the Mets fans and stuff. I mean, I'll go back and forth. Like I said, I'm not, I don't hate them, but it's fun to just have the conversation. I can't say I hate the Mets, but I do root against them in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I always think how much better it is for the area and for the game, at least in the area. But baseball in, in the Northeast is already so popular, so it wouldn't be that big a deal. Like, 2015 was fun. You know, rooting rooting for them all the way to the World Series, rooting against them. And then having them lose the World Series, eventually I had I had my fun. But it was it was a good time. Yeah, so. And I don't want to hear anybody giving me any jabs either. You, you all hate the Yankees, so it just, it like, just do me a favor and just shut up already. <laughs> that is true. The, that is true. The Yankees are kind of, since they're kind of like America's team in a lot of ways, uh, you're either huge fans of them or you hate them. There's no middle ground when it comes to the, <laughs> the New York Yankees. So uh, we'll she get our shot. championship in like what? Since 09, everyone still hates them like it's 97, 98. It's funny. Yeah, and they'll give the same thing you gave that their fans are arrogant and their fans, you know. Nah, they kind of have a reason to be. Think, they haven't had a losing, losing season in 30 years. That's Yeah, like that's the reason why we can kind of say hold our heads high when we talk. I don't, because, I don't, that might be like one of the more unbeatable records in history, to be honest. That might be up there with like 56. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nuts that they've been... Um, they haven't had a losing record that. Considering they've had so many soft teams. In I, it, from Vernon Wells, the Lyle Overbay, to that soft 100-win team a few years ago. I was literally, I was just starting college when the last time the Yankees had a, <laughs> a losing record, which that was a long time ago. So what is that, like 93? It was 95, I think. No, because they made the playoffs. That was the strike year, though. They 94 the, the strike was year the strike was 94. Year. Yeah, so yeah, so it's been even 93, so that I was in high school still. I was a junior yeah. in high school. So it's even longer than I thought. That's crazy. That's, yeah, that's it's, it, it's uh, you know, it's impressive. pretty crazy. Yeah, it's very impressive. So 
But don't worry, guys. The Yankees start on Tuesday, and uh, hopefully, like Pete said, he thinks Cole's going to get shelled. I hope that doesn't happen, uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, if you guys are paying attention to the baseball playoffs, talk to us about it in the group or on Twitter. We'll I, feel, I, I don't know. I feel good about the division series. It's the ALCS I get nervous about. We'll see what happens. I'm not. Yeah, but we don't. Even, they don't even know who they're playing yet. So. Yep. That's it. This is the first year with the new wild card setup. So, is it or the second? I, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't really like this format. I think it happened last year too. It's a new setup. So, I I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Well, I was like, how would be? How could? Because everyone was against the one game playoff, and it was to do two two out of three. And now I'm sitting here and we got two years of two out of three, and I'm like, man, this layoff stinks. Like baseball is a, a season of just rhythm and series True. and just keep going. And, you know, every year after the all-star break, everyone's always rusty and the baseball's never really that good until maybe like two, three days later. So I'm like, you know what? I think the format they used to have now that they they want to have this NBA style format where everyone makes half the league makes it because they want to steal everybody's money. It's just six teams, right? It's just six teams in each division. That's not terrible. Uh, well, originally they proposed seven. The players said no. Part of the collect CBA part that was part of the uh, that was part of the lockout. Uh, so I just I, to be honest, I'd rather just go with the, the three division winners and the wild card team. You know, the wild card team probably doesn't get a, a home game. I, I you got to punish the wild card team somehow. Like I don't know because now it's like I don't think you're punishing either wild card team because they're still playing. <laughs> they still get to be in rhythm. Meanwhile, the te- the, the top seeds get the, the the layoff, and I think they're at the disadvantage here. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to that. Like you said, baseball's a game that's usually played every day. You usually have one off day, and then you're playing again. So when you get these longer layoffs, you're right. It's kind of like another all-star break in the middle at the end of the season. But they're trying to steal your playoff money. That's what they want. Well, I mean, we'll see how it works out. We'll see how it works out. Sometimes it's good for the teams that are are on by because then they get to rest up some guys. Some guys get to heal up a little bit, so... Uh, yeah, but then like I always go back to like 07 and like the Rockies, they swept their way through the playoffs and then had huge layoff between the NLCS and the World Series in 07 and then they just didn't have it. And then the Red Sox just embarrassed them like they were a JV team. So <clears throat> I yeah. always thought, well, I always thought they were at a disadvantage anyway, uh, that team as a whole. They were, they, they were they better than getting swept though. Probably, probably. So. All right, so let's move in. Let's talk about something that's going on in New York this weekend, just very quickly, is New York Comic Con. Uh, we haven't had much news come out of it yet that I've seen, but um, it is ongoing. It is the first one back post-pandemic. Uh, we do know uh, a friend of the program, J.J. Hodges, is actually there. He's been sharing pictures and stuff on Facebook and Instagram. So, um, you know, looks like it's fun. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's back. This is the first time we haven't been there in a while, though, when it's been in person. Yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, I, I just couldn't get it in my schedule. I just with everything that's going on, we just. It's. I just couldn't fit it in, and uh, it's kind of a bummer. But it, it seems to be kind of. This one seems to be kind of tame. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, even like pop announcements are huge. It, it just feels like there's no buzz around it for some reason. Yep. I think um, attendance might be lower than usual too, because they still had the mask mandate. They're still. Doing yeah. The mask mandate and I think stuff. they, I think, I think they, they did that intentionally. Cause I think people didn't want to wear masks, didn't go. And then uh, naturally, I think they kept it attendance lower than previous years. Yep. So, 
So if you if anyone listening to the show is there and you want to talk to us about it again, let us know what you saw over there. Hit us up. Always have fun. Uh, but it is kind of weird not being there for the first time in a while. Uh, it's kind of strange. Usually the announcements for like to get like, oh, pops are beer. The, the Comic-Con exclusive pops are on for sure. Like, or like Alex Ross has this exclusive piece. Uh, there's only so many number, blah, blah, blah. You got to buy like, I haven't seen any of that this was year. There a, was there a Todd McFarlane thing flying around there? Some kind of back issue? I thought uh, I all I know that the only McFarland I know McFarland has announced his amazing uh, next few lines of action figures. Okay, and uh, uh, the, he will not direct the Spawn movie. Jamie Fox will still star, um, and uh, that has made a significant progress. So they, I believe, they're they're making moves on their Spawn movie. Um, but that, that that's really it as far as like that. And I, I actually bought a Man Bat figure at Target the other day it's for the spooky season. It's actually really impressive. Yeah. I've seen the I've seen it. Uh, I've seen the pictures that you the Twitter the tweets that you put out about it, and I've seen. Oh, I can see it now too. He's actually holding it. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty impressive looking. It's a it's a massive figure. Yeah, that's a nice. That's a really. I could kill figure. somebody with this thing. Is it have that weight to it too? Is it's it weight? Yeah, like I mean, I could literally like <laughs> if I put his legs together, I could. I bet you I could use this as a hammer. Wow, that's a wingspan too. Wow. Yeah, that's look. I mean, this thing, it's pretty big. Oh crap! All right. I mean, like, well, guys, if you guys want to see it, Pete's actually tweeted about it. So check. Wow. It's as big as my remote control. Yeah, it is. As wide as my remote control. If I do it uh, horizontally, it's, uh, I'm very impressed. That is, that, yeah, that's a cool figure. Very detailed, too. Nice. Yeah. No, nice. Good job. So, yeah. So, I know it's sometimes it's hit or miss with this stuff with you guys. So, I, we're, I always like to hear when you guys buy something and it's, it's, it gets the seal of approval. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he McFarlane gets it more often than most because he just makes so many damn things. Like I know he's so ambitious. It's weird. I remember when Spawn when when Spawn first came out, and uh, just how cool I thought the concept of the character was when he first started doing it. So that movie, then that movie came out, and it was I was like, oh, that's just a, that was bad. <laughs> it's not, not a good. Film. Oh man, that I was I was kind of I don't remember anything about Spawn. Like growing up, really, but I remember seeing the movie. I was like, "Oh, this is a new superhero movie." And like, it was like what ninety four, ninety five, yeah. And then I remember I watched. I was like, "Man, this is like dark." <laughs> yeah, as a kid, yeah. I'm like, "What is going on here?" And who's this fat clown? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what like um, you know, what he's done since then too. But just, I remember that spawn specifically because it was such a different kind of thing that I was, wasn't used to with the comics. And then you had this, this character come out. So I just put that in there. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, let's start off with our news. So one person who Pete's gotten to interview, uh, is Tara strong. And she recently we go way back. We're good friends. Yes, so if you guys, obviously, when he ends the show, Pete always talks about people he's interviewed, and he always brings her up. So she's been in voice acting for a very, very long time, and she's going to be honored later this year with the Voice Arts Legacy Award for Arts and Entertainment by the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences, which I didn't even know existed. So congratulations to Tara for that. Uh, She's done... She's voiced Raven, Batgirl, and Harley Quinn, but I think she's mostly known for her Harley Quinn. Uh, it's very, very, um, 
it's like the original. She's very, very, it's very, very distinct voice that she does for it. It's very Brooklyn. Yes, <laughs> it's also very Brooklyn. So they, you know, they there was an interview she did with Variety asking her questions about how she played. You know, what's it like to go on the journey with these characters and how they started out. Um, and she says Harley is kind of her the way is her powerhouse and therapy for her. She says there are lines that she has said that that she wanted to say to her significant other at a time, or there are moments when you feel the empowerment of removing herself from situations. So I always wondered with voice actors, where do they get their motivations from? And this is kind of a, you know, pull behind the curtain. She kind of gives you a little bit of a view as to what, um, how she goes about with her, about her process. And they also ask her about other characters, like stories. She said the one thing, which this film that was cool, there was a girl dressed like Raven at like a, uh, comic-con yeah this is very touching and she went over to see if she was okay and the woman said that the, the girl is actually very her mother said that she's very autistic and hadn't spoken in five years and when she heard that tara strong was coming she didn't shut up she wanted to keep talking so just a little bit of stuff that they threw in there uh but what did you think of the piece pete and i know you're I, I didn't so. realize how much of a connection she had you know like between tara and everything it seems like she you know, even though Harley Quinn is not a uh, a, a real person, she's a fictional right. character. Uh, it seems that they had have had similar experiences in life, and that helped translate to her performance. Uh, I think she's more than deserving of these awards. Tara Strong has voiced some of the most uh, incredible cartoon characters uh, of my generation. She's still going. She's fantastic. She's, uh, you know, from being around her in person, various interview settings, she just treats everyone with respect. She it loves to have fun. She's a joker, believe it or not. Like she you can get the funny ass not only can you get the uh the heartbreak in the the backstory of Harley Quinn, but you also get that kind of loosey goosey fun attitude from her. So she really does embrace uh Harley Quinn pretty well. Um congratulations to Tara. Uh you know that that story about the autistic girl really uh you know it was like wow that was that was powerful. You know, just fandom can be a as tack as toxic and as zaddy as it can be at times, it can be a wonderful thing as well. So when the best of fandom is highlighted, it, it it's really special. And uh, you know, Tara and that young girl were able to uh, showcase one element of that. But uh, it, it's just it's fascinating news, you know, and it's just ironic enough that Doctor Harleen Quinzel was the therapy for Tara Strong, right? right? Like, yeah, it, full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, that's the cool thing about this is that you you kind of get a, a she kind of lets you in a little bit about her process and how she goes about being Harley Quinn. Like you said, she, and she says a lot of the um, experiences have mirrored her own life. So that with playing this character uh, wasn't that difficult um, or voicing this character wasn't that difficult, which is kind of weird. It kind of sad in a way because <laughs> she's kind of a tragic figure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I hope I hope it wasn't that that bad for Tara. But uh, you know, again, congratulations to her. She's getting honored. That's a, a tremendous thing. And um, yeah, I mean, this character has has grown, right? It's grown. Yeah, we're talking about a character who has no comic <laughs> source material yeah. was created for that show, Batman the Animated Series. Originally, was nothing more than just kind of a background character and. You know, it, we all fell in love with Harley Quinn in, in in the early 90s, and now she has ballooned to where she is probably 
the fourth head on the DC Mount Rushmore of uh, of heroes or characters, like even as being as anti hero or however you want to call her, like you know, she has really put a stamp on the DC universe in her very short uh, character history. Yes, and and we, as we know, we've gotten versions. We've gotten live action versions. Uh, we have. There was one that kind of on gotham i we, we don't really know if it was well, we, the first one we got on uh, birds of prey we got dr true yeah and birds, birds of prey, of prey that's day. another one but the most popular one now in live action obviously is margot robbie's version which she did in suicide squad suicide squad the suicide squad and also in birds of prey and we know that lady gaga is is rumored to be playing the role in joker 2 uh, it's not confirmed yet but everyone assumes that that's exactly who should be playing and recently, Margot Robbie gave her her blessing. She said that she thinks she'll do something incredible for it. And this was her quote, exactly. It makes me so happy because I said from the very beginning that all I want is for Harley Quinn to be one of those characters, the way like Macbeth or Batman always gets passed from great actor to great actor. Someone gets to do their Batman or someone gets to do their Macbeth. Now someone else gets to do Harley Quinn. And she says, I feel like in not so many cases are there female characters Queen Elizabeth the first, but beyond that, which I ha- which I got to have a crack at as well, um, which I was honored to do. She said, "I was like, wow, Kate Blanchett did Queen Elizabeth the first. Now I get to." So she says, "Such an honor to have built a foundation strong enough that Harley can now be one of those characters that other actors get to have a go playing, and I think she'll do something incredible with it." So, yeah, man. I mean. I'm looking forward. I'm de- very much looking forward to the uh, the Joker sequel with with Lady Gaga in it. And if it does, it does sound like she's playing Harley Quinn again. And nothing has been officially confirmed. unofficially, right? right? right. <laughs> but it just or is I it am... unofficially officially? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, and it was really cool for Margot to to you know kind of. I don't think she needed her blessing, but it was kind of cool that she's like, yeah, I'm cool with someone else playing. Yeah, this is something the media does no matter what character it is. They always ask the previous actor or whatever. And to be honest, this is almost more interesting. It's probably just as interesting as like, say, something that would happen in The Flash because we're going to have Keaton and Affleck. We're going to have two Harleys kind of roaming around at the same time because I don't expect Margot Robbie to be finished anytime soon. I know she's taking a bit of a break and a well-deserved one at that. But, you know, it's... Gaga is a powerhouse of an actress. She, uh, her presence is always felt in everything she's ever done, and she does a magnificent job and all. Um, I'm dying to see this musical. I'm dying to find out what it's like. And I know Warner Brothers and DC loves to catch heat, man, but I'll tell you what, I I really do like this approach, the fact that I can have two Batmans on the screen, the same, three on the screen at the same time. Um, I can have two different versions of Harley Quinn. This is things you can't get in the MCU because, you know, like, Steve, you're not going to get a Steve Rogers cat movie and a Sam Wilson cat movie. You know, Steve Rogers is gone. You know, you're, you know, certain characters are dead and they move on. And it seems that that seems to be the end um, because everything is in that one shared uh, contained universe. Um, uh, so I appreciate the way that they do things. I think it, it opens up for a better brand of storytelling um, because you can get a thing like this Joker uh, franchise. Um, and as, as different as it may be, I think it's I think it's really something special um, just because of the weight the first movie had. And I'm sure that Todd Phillips, will, I, I'm, you know, I can't even say I'm sure, but I mean, I'm, I'm expecting him to carry that forward and with a sequel. Um, I don't know because you never know with these things, but 
I do appreciate the fact that, that you know, I could have, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brand, what's who, who Nico's but, but best buddy. What the hell is that guy's name? Barry Cohegan. Yes. I, he could be a joker and Joaquin could be a joker and somewhere <clears> there's <throat> the Leto Joker, you know, <laughs> like I, 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 to me, that's more fun having this ambiguous multiverse and you throwing it in my face, giving me a whole saga. So, I, you know, I appreciate the storytelling that Warner Brothers does. I know I'll catch heat from it and be called a bootlicker and whatever the hell these idiots on Twitter want to call me. But yeah. it, I think I think it's a cool idea. And I, I, again, to have two actresses the caliber of Robbie and Gaga, I mean, it's a win win for us, man. I often wondered if they just did a sequel and it wasn't going to be a musical, would they still have cast Lady Gaga? Like, I, I don't know if they would have, uh, even though she could play. Uh, that's a good question. She you know? is, like I said, man, she's a great actress. No, she, I mean, everything I've seen her in, I've liked. So she was good in The Star is Born. She was good in The House of Gucci. Mm. Uh, so those are the two things that stand out for me. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying she couldn't have played the role. She definitely could have. It kind of goes along with her personality too. She's a little bit different than, uh, <laughs> than most people. So I think. I mean, the I could see alone, it. Like, yeah, Gaga's a big name. I, if I could see Gaga being the the next person to step in line for Robbie, if if this movie wasn't happening, you know, like I could see them going in that direction. Yeah, if they were to like recast. Um, but you know, I just I'm. That we're neither here nor there. So I'm just, I'm again, just embarrassment of riches as far as I'm concerned to go from Robbie to, to Gaga in this situation. And, yep. you know, to be honest, we'll probably get both for a long time. Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do after this Joker sequel, but if they do do a, they, I mean, it seems things the banknote will tell you. And it also <laughs> seems these things now, everything gets made into a trilogy. So we might get a third one. And if we do, I'm sure she'll be back for it. But by the, by the time of the third movie, Bruce Wayne will be old enough to be Batman. <laughs> in that world, yeah, he actually would. <laughs> so, so it's but, all part of the plan, guys. The Joker sequel, obviously, guys, comes out October fourth, twenty twenty four. That's the slated date, so it's literally less than a little bit less than two years away now. So, looking forward to that one when it comes. It, the best thing about that movie is. It's not going to be slowed down by any visual effects backups. That's true. This one should be very just one just should be a normal production uh, going forward, unless they do some fantastical elements in some kind of dream sequence. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, but but still, like so. compared to like something like Black Adam or The Flash, where that oh, movie is, yeah, yeah, you, you may be talking about maybe like I don't know a few minutes <laughs> as opposed to two and a half hours. That's true. I don't think, I think that <laughs> I think Joker gets bumped up to the top of the queue because it's got less to do. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not that kind of a film. So you're right. So yeah. So two, a little less than two years guys. And we will be getting uh, the sequel and I'm looking forward to it. That movie. I yeah. Like movie. I mean, I do, to be honest, I was anti sequel for this movie until it was oh, announced. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the glory of, again, allowing filmmakers to do what they do because I didn't want it until you told me I was going to get it. And uh, I'm glad you did. I don't think I would have wanted it if it was just a nor if they weren't doing it as a musical. Like, that's the part that has me intrigued. So. The, the musical and Gaga. That's what it was. That, that's that. I was like, OK, because it's it's just different. It just is. Yep. So we will be again a little less than two years, guys. 
Harley Quinn. I what mean, was Joker the last too. big musical? Was it In the Heights? Oh. And no. Then before West that, Side I can't remember. It was West Side Story. It was West Side Story this past okay. summer. Okay. Yep. So this, yeah, this one will not be like that. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, this one. <laughs> I expect this movie to be ultra depressing. <laughs> I'm assuming I have, I've, the only kind of musical I could even compare it to is maybe Sweeney Todd. Like, I can't even think of another people film. people are going to die? Yeah, because you know <laughs> yeah. it's got that element to it. So that's the only kind of thing I can yeah. kind of... That's it. I, I, I agree. So... But the best thing is, we know both leads can handle the vocal aspect of these. Of that's the true. That's true. Joaquin so did the vocals That is something I'm not worried about. Whereas, like, when Sweeney so. Todd was announced, I was like, can Johnny Depp sing? And then this is before <laughs> I knew Johnny Depp was actually a musician before he was an actor. Yeah. I yeah. didn't learn that actually until the Amber Heard trials. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, but we will guys, we will have more Harley Quinn go before then. Um, one very specific thing was just announced. So I'll, we're going to bring that to you now. This is a Harley Quinn trilogy already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, this is the trilogy for our show. Yes. Uh, we are, we're doing our, our last Harley Quinn topic. Uh, she's getting a Valentine's day special on HBO max. So it's titled Harley Quinn, A Very Problematic Valentine's Day Special. Sorry. Um, it'll be coming in February, this coming February 2023. The special will feature Harley and Ivy celebrating their very first Valentine's Day together while also revealing how the rest of the ragtag who spends the gushiest, mushiest, most romantic day of the year. M- Clayface is very mushy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so um, obviously this is another... Uh, spinoff from the from the Harley Quinn animated show. We also know we're getting this the Kite Man spinoff because coming soon. Uh, so this is just another thing to look forward to with the Harley Quinn character from that universe, which is fantastic as we've talked about many times. I cannot wait to see what Doctor Psycho does on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Who does Doctor Psycho and King Shark spend Valentine's Day with? That's actually like I know what Harley and Ivy are going to do because they do it throughout the whole show, right? But. Dr. Psycho is one of those characters who I love. Um, this is great news. I'm so happy for this program. Um, I did not think this show would be as good or as big as it is. I, I'm, I'm kind of speechless because it's just, it's masterful. It really is. It's, it's one of the greatest animated DC projects they've ever done. And uh, I, I love everything that come out of it. I love the, I love the spinoff comic books. I've loved the two. Is it two seasons we've gotten? Three seasons. Three. I, it, I I can't get enough of this this program and this this version of Harley and Ivy, and I'm I'm really having a blast. It really does bring me back to like watching Dari in high school, only on like a superhero <laughs> level. It really does. That's fair. That's a fair comparison. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm I'm looking forward to it just because I know it's going to be more of the same, and the show's just been so so good. Uh, again, and the same as you, I'm surprised it's as good as it's as good as it is. Uh, you know, it's crazy. The, the I got to see a preview of this from um, when I went to come when we were the last Comic Con we were at. Me and Ryan Haas actually got to see a preview of the first show uh, when we went to the little party they had at, at the DC Universe headquarters at the time because this show was supposed to start out over there. It did start out over there on DC Universe, so it's cool to see how it's caught on with everybody and that it's continued to grow. 
Uh, so this is this is awesome. Again, getting spinoffs and now we're getting specials. What's next? <laughs> I don't know. What could be next for this? I don't know. But um, I would not be surprised if we didn't get a Harley Quinn animated movie. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the next step in the evolution of how these things go, right? It usually, if it's something this, you know, this I mean, well received, even yeah. BTAS has got Batman Mask of Phantasm at some point. Yep. So, yes, sir. So look forward to that again, guys. It's coming this February uh, for Valentine's Day, February 2023. So we'll keep an eye on if we get an exact date of release, we'll get, we will definitely let you guys know. All right, so one th- sequel that we we know we're getting is the Batman 2. But one of the parts of the Batman that was kind of under wraps for a while was we had heard Barry Keoghan was going to play in the movie, but we didn't know the role. And the role he was listed at was Stanley Merkel, right? Officer Stanley Merkel. That was mm-hmm. That's the, what he was credited with. The casting on. sheet, yes. And as we know, when we saw... Uh, we got the this the extra credit scene and then we actually saw at the end of the movie he was the Joker. So that was great, but that was not the original role he wanted. He actually wanted to be the Riddler and he sent him an audition tape. He sent Matt Reeves an audition tape, uh, which was released recently, released last week. I believe yeah, it was last week. And crazy enough for me, I mean, obviously this would have been more the traditional Riddler character that we got in we've known and love from um, previous media, but uh, it's very a clockwork orange, right? Like that's the, uh, that is once those elevator doors open, you can't help but think of clockwork orange. Right. Like it's very much that kind of thing. Uh, It was very cool. Like it's a very cool thing. This is not something you get to see that often. So it's really, really cool to see uh, that kind of um, audition tape like we don't get to see these things that often so pete what did you first think of the audition tape yourself i i thought it was fake (laughs) i i i was like because the first time i saw it it came from like i don't know bruce wayne 6595 and i was like okay i'll wait and then you know other places started picking it up and so you know (laughs) i'd rather be right than first um so it, it was very interesting um i forgot that uh, Jonah Hill actually was offered the role of jo- uh, Joker, of Riddler or Penguin first, and he couldn't decide apparently yeah. what character to do, so he dropped <laughs> the role of the movie entirely. Um, and we eventually got Dano and Colin Farrell, so I- I'm not going to complain. As great of an actor as Jonah Hill is, I can't complain with what we got. And to have uh, Cohagen as the Joker, I think it'll be entertaining. It looks like a different version, but this audition tape for Riddler was very interesting. I'm glad he uh, put, took the time and, you know, the cane and the boulder hat and uh, I just, you know, we put some effort into it and I kind of like the twistedness of it. Like he turns a corner, he's kind of got a little bit of a dance, then he he's off screen, then he's on screen, he's bloody, he's like fixing the suspenders and he's getting ready to go back at it. Um, I think he would have made a great uh, Riddler, uh, but I can't complain with what I have and I look forward to seeing his Joker. And I'm, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, they said, you know, Clark and Reeves said, this guy's got something, but we've got something better for him. You know, like it, you know, it's interesting. The last time I heard of anything like this, believe it or not, was during BVS. And I think Eisenberg auditioned for the role of Jimmy Olsen, but because Olsen gets killed, <laughs> 
just Zach was like, I can't have this yeah. great caliber of an actor get killed off in 15 seconds. So we <laughs> cast him as Lex. Um, and like, so stuff like that's cool. You know, you see something in a guy and you're like, you know what? Like, I know you're here for this, but I got this for you. And, uh, you know, just, you may not be the star of this movie, but going forward, I, I've got plans for you. So, and you know, everyone seems to think this kid's a, a fantastic actor. I've only seen him in the Eternals and the clips of the Batman. So I don't know too much about him. Everyone's dying to see what this guy's up to as am I. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward to see what the future holds. Cause I can't imagine. The, I know Twitter overhypes a lot of actors, like let's say Sasha Kaye. Um, <laughs> I Twitter's overhyping this one, but I'm wondering if this one's legit. Why are you going to bring Sasha into this, man? That's not because nice. a lot of people are like, uh, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying Sasha deserves her second, uh, a solo movie when I haven't seen her in anything. I just think people are jumping the gun. Yeah. I and agree. With whereas that. this guy's got a little bit of, uh, he's got, he's got an IMDB page and I can look at it. You know, he's got a catalog. He's got, he's got a filmography uh, and you know, it seems that the buzz for him is not only real on Twitter, but real in the real world as well. You know, it's not some just, you know, just bullshit fan theory. Yeah. I mean, I knew him from Dunkirk, uh, before uh, the Batman, um, I forgot and Eternal Dunkirk before Eternal. Oh, wow. And I knew him from also, I had seen the killing of a sacred deer. That's kind of the, the I role. I never that, even heard of that. Yeah. It's kind of the role that got Is that him. Like in. a Rudolph movie. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but it's kind of the role that got him his buzz, I guess is the best way to put it. The role that got him like, Oh, look out for this guy. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. That was kind of the movie that got that, um, that hype going around him. So I agree with you. I mean, he's fantastic. Uh, he, his Joker is so, Again, every Ugly. time someone does, yeah, but every time someone does the Joker, I'm like, okay, how are you making it different? And that's what they did here. Um, it's very I will different. say in live action, we've never gotten one Joker that was the same as the next. Right. So that's what I mean. Like you have to do something different to kind of make it your own. I didn't know he had such a, uh, he had input in how it was going to look. Uh, he had his own input. Like he wanted his eyes to stay the same. He said, because he hmm. wanted like a human element in there. So people could relate to, to him a little bit. Uh, I like the voice of that joke so. that he provides as well. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. And I, yeah, I'm that the, the audition tapers, the Riddler was cool, but you're right. It's cool. when the, the director and the, the casting director are kind of like, you know what? Maybe not this, but we have something for you. Yeah, and they you know, it's, it's just, you just you're like you know I can't let this guy leave here without telling him I got something planned for him, right? You know, so I think that's what that's probably what happened. Uh, famously, we know that James Franco had uh, audition for Spider Man. He wanted to be Spider Man with the Raimi films, and uh, I think that's what happened there. Like McGuire was, he knew they knew McGuire mm -hmm. was going to be, but like, no, we have something else for you, and they made him obviously Harry. So, well, another, oh man, who is the guy? In Terminator, the other cop, the white cop, he was actually the main, I believe he was Cameron's original idea for the Terminator until he thought of having like this hulking specimen uh, like Arnold. Michael Bain? No, no, no. The cop, not, not the guy who travels in the future. What's the, the cop? He brings, he brings, uh, what's, he brings, uh, what's her name? The coffee. Oh, I don't <laughs> Uh, he was in Millennium and stuff. You're, you're asking me me to go back to that kind of a role. I'm, I'm not. Uh, it was a big role. I mean, they were. It was a decent role. Let's see here. I'll find it. That's uh, Lance uh, Henriksen. 
Okay. He plays uh, he plays one of the detectives. There's two cops in the in, in that movie. There's the the black cop who smokes the cigarettes, and there's his partner, the white guy in Henderson. So he was originally like Cameron's idea until like he's like, ah, I need a big dude. Um, so like you know, it happens in Hollywood, and it's cool. Yeah. Like I, these are the behind the scenes stories that I like. I don't <laughs> all the negative stuff that we've been hearing about various cuts and you know, guys getting others going behind others' backs and snakes and stuff. I don't care about any of that. Like, give me the, good the stuff. positive stuff. Yeah. We like the positive yeah. stuff. Again, like we know so much how the sausage is made anymore. Like chances are a lot of people wouldn't eat sausage if they knew that the casing wasn't intestine. Oh yeah. Let's not go into that. <laughs> but uh, one thing we can look, be happy about, look forward to at least what's coming out is the projections for black Adam. Uh, it's opening weekend is tracking very high right now. Um, I, I've seen anywhere from 65 to whole to 75 million for the opening weekend, which everyone's like, well, that's not so great. I'm like, well, yeah, it kind of is when you think about the character and how unknown the character, obviously unknown the character is, it's still kind of a post pandemic, uh, still kind of in a post pandemic world where things aren't completely back to what they were before. So you kind of have that thrown around here, but yeah, man, this movie is tracking very, very well. Uh, and you know, comes out in two weeks. Do you still feel that people are not excited for it? Cause I know you were concerned. I mean, I feel like, cause I feel I like mean, these numbers kind of, right. I mean, that. they definitely throw it in my face. Like Eric, what are you yeah. talking about? Uh, I know the rock just generates excitement just because of the type of person he is and the type of, um, you know, character he is. So mm-hmm. people want to go see him anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that these numbers are so high. Uh, I thought they would probably be around the 50 to 60 million range, but I'm not is- because, of, because of how big of a star the rock is. Yeah, that's fair. Now, I, 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 th- I think, I think the rock's a huge star. I think you got some, you got a little negativity towards Warner brothers in DC at the moment. I know there's some people out there, I won't mention their names, who will not see this movie on opening weekend just to kind of stiff it to Zaslov because he because he's done, he's he's been a little weirdo. But those people still intend on seeing the movie. They're just they're, you know, I guess they're just trying to, you know, the only way a fan can talk is with his wallet. So if that's how you feel, then I can't tell you how to do otherwise. But um I actually have I think I might actually go see this opening weekend. I think my my calendar's actually free for it so i'm kind of excited um i still am having a hard time finding black adam merch uh it came between uh the giant adam smasher figure and man bat yesterday at target and i chose man bat but uh, <laughs> i could see myself going out for uh the, the the black adam figures if i love the movie um i might play it that way just because now that we have an entire universe <laughs> and mr mcfarlane it's hard to keep up with merch um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, the rocks a draw, man. He really is. And people like we are still in the golden age of the comic book movie. And I think you combine that a, a fresh character who's never been done before. There's nothing to really judge it. I don't think anyone's going to go back. It's going to be very difficult for a lot of people to go back source material. Cause I, I, I there's a lot of frauds out there with podcasts and I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, make the comparisons. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this movie is going to do pretty well. No, I, I I agree now, especially they gave information on how it, who it's tracking with. So it says guys over 25, women under 25, and then Latino and Hispanic moviegoers and families, um, which kind of makes sense. It's a very diverse cast, as we know. 
so you have a lot of that going for it as well. And I, again, like you said, mostly it's the rock star power. That's definitely pushing this. I w- I'll say this forward. though, for all the, all the ladies under 25, I don't think this is going to be like a Momoa production. I don't know how much the rock's going to have his shirt off. I know he's, I know he's a beautiful <laughs> hulking specimen, I just I, I can't see him being topless for much of this movie. <laughs> but he doesn't need to. I mean, look at it. even in the suit, you could see every like you see all the the chiseled out muscles and stuff. I uh, I don't know, that's man. Him. I, I, that is I him though. All bulked up and just like ripped on the on like uh, Justice League or whatever. I'm like, god damn it, I gotta go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, again, the diverse cast also is helping. I'm sure with the numbers as well. Um, and I yeah, know for maybe you know, guys my age, I'm sure Pierce Brosnan still that's, draw. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm sure for guys my age in, in that range, Pierce Brosnan is kind of a draw because we're used to, we remember him from James Bond and yeah, all of those things, right? So you know, it's 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 good. I'm glad I'm glad it's doing well, and I'm glad it's it's tracking well because um, I want this movie to succeed. I want all I want all these movies to succeed, but I really want this one to succeed because I've been hearing about it for so damn long now. Yeah, there's I, a lot of elements to this movie that I'm really excited about. Like, obviously, The Rock's a draw for me. We mentioned Brosnan, uh, a character like Adam Smasher finally getting a, a big screen appearance. That's great for me. I love that character. Uh, I'm a big JSA fan as well. So that's cool. Uh, another character we haven't seen, Cyclone, uh, Black Adam in his first movie. Hopefully, this leads to uh, a Black Adam Shazam uh, confrontation. Um, so there's just, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm, I feel a lot of positive vibes going into this. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I wasn't sure because in our community, I felt like it wasn't being talked about much. Uh, so, and obviously that's what I'm closest to. So I wasn't That's because anytime Zaslav does anything, it takes everyone three weeks to recover. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. That's fair. You know, that is a fair, that's a fair critique. So that is fair. Um, you mentioned Cyclone, and we know, uh, well, the actress Contessa Swindell is playing Cyclone. She's a twenty-five. She's twenty-five years old. She's been on Euphoria, so all Euphoria fans will know who she is. That's the Zendaya show, right? Yes, that is the Zendaya show. Um, and she talks about how um, how her process and what the experience was like. She said it was very personal playing the character because obviously with uh, to get into characters, a lot of motion, she plays Cyclone. She says, you feel, I feel like when you're moving your body, you start to feel yourself in different ways and you want to accentuate different things through mm-hmm. movement. There's an emotional release. So when I was training, I became more comfortable in my body and really empowered in a way that I honestly didn't think would happen. Um, she also, again, in the goes on to talk about a little bit, obviously, uh, being a female character in a superhero film, she says, very rarely have I seen a role that paints a young girl in a way that gives her the ability to live authentically and truthfully in her weirdness. Because this character is very strange. And she's on the precipice of embracing her sense of self and discovering her own power. So, a little bit of insight on the Cyclone character and what she's going to be. Uh, but Pete, you mentioned you're interested in seeing her on screen, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was reading this article, what really, uh, really stood out to me about what Swindell was talking about was how deep she was. She made it seem like the role was, but at the same time, she says, "I tried to keep it light on set," and that brings me back to an old John Madden, uh, uh, Joe Madden saying, 
Uh, I take myself seriously. Uh, I, we take what we do seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. So, you know, she's really embracing this role and she's, this character might have a bit of a dramatic backstory, but she's able to separate her work and have fun at the same time to kind of create a great environment. And to me, that's the type of person I want to work with. You know, like you take your job seriously, but at the same time, you know, you can goof around and have a little bit of fun. And she seems to be kind of that almost like, you know, uh, levitative force on set, you know, and in a movie that seems to be a lot about beating people down and fighting, she's having a good time. So um, really interesting stuff from her. And I was really surprised at how deep she got with the role. So it's very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing her because she's one of those characters where we haven't seen much of her in trailers. It's mostly been, you know, she's her and her and Adam Smasher have kind of gotten the short end of the stick here. I mean, don't get me wrong, like deservedly slow. Like you, you've got to get, Hawkman, uh, Dr. Fate, and obviously Black Adam, you know, th- they're due here. I feel like those are the big three going into this movie. But uh, it'll be interesting to see her and what her powers are doing, because I imagine she is, uh, her character is part of the special effects craziness. Yeah. You know, if she's controlling, you know, uh, environmental aspects, I imagine, you know, I expect something of a storm-like level on, yeah. on a cinematic screen, you know, like, uh, I expect even more from what we saw more from Cyclone than what we got from Storm and Halle Berry in those X-Men movies. And I forget who played her in the, uh, the younger version of the X-Men. I can't remember that actress's name, but uh, Alexa ship. Okay. Uh, I, just, I don't remember being blown away by Storm in those movies. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, that uh Cyclone does, uh, does that for me. Yeah. I mean, that's, this this movie obviously as he said it was pushed back because of the the special effects that was the main reason why it got pushed back so um it's going to be cool to see those elements in this and obviously her character is probably a huge huge part of that so that part's going to be very cool uh, she also mentions things about the uh, the plot of the film and how it kind of talks about imperialism globalization who has power in society uh you know, so that's another little bit of an insight into the plot about it's not just a superhero movie. There's other things going on. So it was a nice little article, uh, nice little to learn about um, Contessa herself and just to see what's going on with her character and what to expect from her character. So, again, guys, this is from this is an Entertainment Weekly story. So you guys can, as you know, check out our, our socials. It's there. You can find it there if you want to read it a little bit further. All right. So one thing. I'm looking forward to, and I know everyone else's as well. Uh, Titans Sunday starts. in the Jets. Well, yes, that's this week, especially. Yes, I, I want to see how real this this team might be. But Titans starts in November, mm. and we got a first look at Brother Blood being played by Joseph Morgan. So, you guys, again, this is a, a Collider article. If you guys want to go see the photo of him, he looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he looks he looks like he kind of has like a throwback villain vibe. Like he's got a really interesting looking costume and uh I'm 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 not too too familiar with this character, so I don't really have anything to judge it on, but I I feel like he almost looks like a member of the Serpent Society. <laughs> He's just got like this interesting getup going on with this like half mask. It's almost royalty like with this like yeah. flowing cape thing and like it's like part gladiator part comic book hero this is probably the most interesting costume we have seen on titans in in the show's history like deathstroke was pretty standard for the most part i believe he had two eyes that was weird um but 
this is really something kind of, it just looks like cultish figure, right? Like I'm interested to see what this guy's up to. Yeah. I mean, definitely, it definitely gives you an idea of the kind of villain they're going to be dealing with just by looking at the costume uh, this season. It seems to be one of the more uh, uh, supernatural type. Mm -hmm. We do know that he's, um, what's it called? Apparently, hold on a second. There's a relation to Trigon here. Uh, oh, yeah. good. We'll get some Raven stuff. That's yeah. Nice. So in the brother in the comics, I didn't know this. Brother Blood is the leader of the cult named the Church of Blood, which worships Raven's evil father, Trigon. So there's a relationship there. And we've already gotten to see Trigon, obviously, in season one. So I, I have a feeling he'll look a lot better under an HBO Max budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and this time it won't leave you till next season, which... Which sucked. That was the funny thing about season one of Titans, where they weren't it ended sure. On season two, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it ended season two, yeah. So that was one of the funny things. But yeah, his character, guys. If you check out the picture, it looks very cool. It's like a bone mask he has. Like this looks like it's made of bones or something. Yeah, it's really interesting. Very very creepy looking. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, to, to this now even more, just because I kind of have a visual idea of what to expect. Uh, I obviously I love the show. I was going to be I watching it and I cover it for Bof, so I'll be doing that. But we're all don't forget this season we're also going to get Mother Mayhem, Jinx, and we're going to have the Titans version of Lex Luthor, which will be fun to watch as well. So again, guys, Titans starts in November. Don't know the exact date yet, but it's coming. And if you want to check out the costume, you can actually check it. They they also um on their Twitter page, if you guys want to see their Instagram page, they release the photos with actual a little bit more in-depth look about exactly what what's in it. So you can check that out over there as well. Right, we got we got a little bit of news on Wonder Woman three, which I was not expecting, but a very very cool little bit. Um, so Patty Jenkins was at the Matera Film Festival, and they were doing a screening of Monster actually, uh, which is her film that won her, won the Academy Award. Uh, so we're doing a little, and it was in Italian, right? I think so. Uh, there was a I you know she had a translator there obviously, so she. This is how I found it. Yes, my, my Italian network. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked her, you know, asked about <laughs> they asked her about um, Wonder Woman, uh, and she kind of gives a nice little answer. She kind of she starts by saying she never took on Wonder Woman as a thought that would be more than just one movie. She's like, I thought I'd do the first one, but then she says, while she was doing the first one, she's got inspired to write the second one. She said, Oh, I have to do the second one, and then she said she thought that would be it. And then she's like, well, then I went back and said, I kind of wished it would be a three movie arc at that point. So she did the, she started doing the third one and just good to note that she did finish writing it guys. So Patty Jenkins has finished writing. Uh, she's just in this interview. She says she wrote the final scene uh, to Wonder Woman just last week. So it is complete. But the cool thing we heard about from this as well, another little tidbit we got from her is, she may not be done with Wonder Woman. She seems like she mm -hmm. she said she at the when she finished the scene, she'd like to see what happens next. So what did you think of the interview, Pete? And uh, what do you think about that? Wonder Woman 3 is finished, at least the writing. This sure. is fantastic news. Right. Uh, I love Wonder Woman. I enjoy Wonder Woman 84. I know a lot of people are controversial on that one. Um, we have heard Gal Gadot mentioned multiple times. She's done after three. You know, and Patty kind of followed suit. And now to hear Patty's like, now that Patty's kind of realized that, you know, she's like, this is it. I said three. And she's like, you know what? You could just, 
you could just tell she loves the character. She has a passion for this, for this franchise and she doesn't want to let it go. And I don't blame her. I've enjoyed her two movies. I'm sure I'll enjoy the third one. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope she convinces Gal to stay. I think that would be great. Uh, I got no issues with Gal returning at all. I, Gal, Gal's my Wonder Woman. You know, there's a there's a generation out there who sees Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. For me, it's Gal Gadot. Um, and you know, th- those people aren't wrong either. Who who you know, the Carter fans are not. She's she you know, Wonder Woman, the, the Wonder Women. <laughs> and yeah. Linda's apparently in this movie as well, in Wonder Woman three. Like she has a larger role as a what was Aspera? What was her name? Yes, Aspera. Yes, I think. so. I'm excited. Again, this this is only good news. This is fantastic news. This is great news. Everyone should be rejoicing this. I think Patty Jenkins has earned this. Um, it took her a long time to get this tentpole, this franchise, and um, you know, hard work pays off for some. And uh, I'm glad it paid off for her because I, I, you know, to have someone at the helm who cares about it and who can write a good story for me, that's the most important thing. And I think we've got that with Miss Jenkins and I, I, I can't, you know, her schedule seems to be free because she's not doing that, uh, that star Wars movie. Yeah. She's not doing rogue squadron anymore, which is sad for me, but uh, no, this is, this was excellent news. Like this was great. It was cool to hear that the the script is actually finished or the, yeah, the script's actually finished. Yep. So it just um, needs a little polish and let's get started filming. Yep. So we know it's coming around the, the mountain. I guess I'll say that it's coming, coming around the mountain when it comes. Cause it's coming around the mountain, mountain when, when it comes. Eric Coleman's coming around the mountain with his 17 championships. Bring your contenders for him. Eric Coleman's bringing all his belts. He's going to put you in a headlock for hell. Oh, Eric Coleman, he's coming around the mountain. Eric Coleman, Eric Coleman coming around the mountain when he comes. There you go, guys. New single released next week. New single, Eric Holzman featuring Hasbula. Oh Jesus! Long Island, Strong Island. Where is he from in Russia? Dagestan, Ukraine, or wherever he's from. Dag- no, 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 Dagestan. Oh, my fault. My fault. Sorry. Sorry, little guy. Don't want to put the put wrong information Hasbula. out. Apologize. Hasbula and Holzman. Holzbula. <laughs> that's what you should be you should be Holzbula great that should be your new handle Holzbula I'm a genius in your own mind sir you are oh, that's the only one that matters your legend is your own mind that's for sure alright so another thing another thing that's coming and in, in, in production we've been hearing about it for a while it's something that we've uh, we're all looking forward to because we love the character. Uh, we know we're getting a Penguin spinoff on HBO Max. Oh, baby. We did not have a director, but now we have a director, at least for the first two episodes. Mayor of Easttown's director, Craig Zobel, will be directing at least the first two episodes of the Penguin spinoff. He will also executive produce the show, obviously, with Matt Reeves. Uh, he's an Emmy nominated for Mayor of Easttown. Very, very accomplished director. Everyone talks about that. I've never even heard of this thing. Was that th- Was that show good? It was good. I I didn't watch it, but I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm assuming it was good. It's a Kate Winslet vehicle. So normally, when she's in something, it's usually it's usually at least watchable. Never let so, go, Eric. So, <laughs> right. I I won't let go. I will not let go. Never of, let go. Of Kate. 
of Kate's career because she's usually in very good things. So it's very rare that I don't like a movie she's in. So yeah, so we have a director. Oh, so excited, baby! Right? I can't wait. This is the best news of the day. Oswald is back. I just, I'm so I can't. I have no idea what they're planning with this show, but I, I just give me Colin Farrell in that suit and running around Gotham City causing trouble. Like I just, I, I, I hope. Oh man, I hope this is just brutal mafia. You yep. know, showdown, old school, like somewhere between Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire. I, I just, I hope this is gritty and and grim and violent. And I want someone to lose a thumb. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I want, I want, I hope someone gets a hand chopped. Like, you know, like I want some real mafia <laughs> stuff, like a hand chopped off. Oh, that's you not know, what I thought you said. That's not know, what I think. I want, you know, duct taped to a chair, getting punched in the face. I want like all that good stuff that I've seen in, in all these mafia movies throughout my lifetime. So I just, oh God, just give it to me. Un, unadulterated, unfiltered HBO crime stuff is unmatched. I agree. You can't like touch that stuff on television. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Like, that's really what I'm looking for with this show. I want it to be a mob style just mafia style show like you mentioned uh, you know all the things sleeping with the fishes and and cement um shoes and yes <laughs> i want someone to be thrown over a boat uh, with their legs tied and a black bag over their head right <laughs> like we want all of that good stuff in this because that's one person has to die in every episode <laughs> I just think like God, we know how bad Gotham City is, so go like just do yeah, that. Just go balls to the wall. Yep, just go. Especially now, like the the fact that we know that this comes after the Batman, it's utter chaos. Half the city's underwater. What the hell? Hi, Leia agrees. <laughs> she said, "Yeah, she does agree. She does." So, oh boy. Anyway, she could keep barking. I don't care. You sure she um, got your poops? Uh, I don't know. So we've been talking about something recently on previous shows, and now we're finally in that season. And of course, I'm talking about Fresh Ball Fall. So it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means <laughs> sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code, of course, Gotham. So yeah, so now we can have fresh ball falls in full effect. Make sure you want to clean up down there, guys, as we talk about all the time. It's a very interesting way that they worded things. You know, I, the last time they were talking these, about your girl's whoever pumpkin writes spice, these is brilliant, right? <laughs> Talk about your girl's pumpkin spice last time. Now they're talking about pumpkin spice. Period. So hey, I we we I didn't bring up to them, but I should that they need to make a pumpkin spice ball spray. <laughs> that would be fantastic. well. You know, the ladies would love it, right? Ladies would. Love, you talked about pumpkin spice lattes before. What about that yeah. scent down there? Oof. Right. Eric, get your straw ready. <laughs> oh boy. But uh yeah, hey, look. Manscaped's great. They're being nothing but good to us. 
I can't tell you guys. I know we didn't talk about it, but those boxers are the softest things I've ever. It's it's like I'm wearing a cloud. So I mean, everything they provide is great. I mean, I still use the lip balm to this day. My lips are usually chapped as hell, but everything they got from the the shampoo to the to the uh, crop preserver to the boxers and everything in between, just a, you know, a class material, wonderful products. So. Yep, and if you guys get the again, you get the platinum package. You also get like, hey, as I get older, I'm having hair grow out of my nose more and my ear more. They put in a nose and ear trimmer, so you have that as well. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a great thing. Yep, as again, as you guys, guys, as we get older, that hair just starts sprouting out of places that you never knew it would. And so, I'm Italian, so I got hair everywhere. Yeah, so like we definitely this. It's been a great, great partnership with them, and uh, the products that we've gotten have been is really fantastic so don't forget with the platinum package i could get... go for some more shampoo though <laughs> yeah send it my way i'm gonna have to look into I miss that, that. I, I enjoy the fragrance Let's see what we can do but yeah but they also have body wash as pete mentioned the shampoo they also have a body spray with their with their patented scent which is just fantastic we talk about it all the time um deodorant they have deodorant as well so you get all these goodies if you get the platinum package guys so make sure you Go again to check it out uh, at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code Gotham. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. When you use code Gotham, Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunk's time to shine. And just, you know, I know it's spooky season, right? Like everyone gets a little bit afraid of the dark every once in a while these days. Um, don't forget that the lawnmower 4.0 comes with a flashlight. So if you are ever afraid of the dark, just bring out your lawnmower 4.0 and, uh, you could see everything in front of you because it helps me when I'm down there trimming the hedges. So I, I can only imagine what it'll do uh, if the power goes out in the house. I was going to say, yeah, if, you, if your power goes out too, you can kind of use it as a flashlight yeah. as well. So you have double. So if you're walking down a dark hallway or you just, you know, you, you drop your keys in a dark garage, just get, make sure you got your 4.0 with you at all times and uh, you'll be able to see everything. There you go. Whether you want to or not, you'll be able to see Razor, flashlight, lifesaver. What can't Manscaped provide for you? It's true. It's an all-in-one, one-stop shopping for that stuff. So it's awesome. Might as well be a Swiss Army knife. Seriously. Well, hey, there's an idea. Maybe I'll talk to them about that as well. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be running this company. All right. We'll work in product development. We are fantastic pitchmen. All right, so let's switch houses. We've been talking a lot of DC stuff. Let's switch to Marvel uh, because we have some news uh, regarding Avengers Secret Wars, which we know is one of the two Avengers films that will be ending phase six or five, or I forget. I don't know what phase there are anymore. Uh, Loki writer Mark Waldron will be writing Avengers Secret Wars. He also wrote, he's also the writer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They kind of do this. It kind of seems to make sense that they kind of stick with the same writer. They did it obviously with after the, the, after Age of Ultron with the Russo brothers doing the final Infinity War and um, Endgame, they like kept it in the, the with the same kind of theme from there. The writers, the same kind of theme from there. So they kind of seem to do this, which makes sense. Uh, they obviously have these writers have a big, big hand in developing mm-hmm. these storylines through the phases. So it makes sense to kind of do that. But yes, Michael Waldron uh, will be writing uh, Secret Wars. So. Um, for me, this is like 50, 50, cause everyone knows I did not like Loki. I thought it was a snooze fest, but <laughs> multiverse of madness, I think is one of the more underrated MCU films ever made. I, I thought that movie was absolutely brilliant. So something I didn't like something I loved, 
Um, I'm going to give him a shot. We'll see what happens with Secret Wars. Um, but like, by no means do I think that this is like the wrong move. You know, like, you know, Spielberg has made movies people don't like. It, when you're creative, yeah. you're just you're, you're not going to hit it. You're not going to hit every time. I'm sorry. It's it's few and far between, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think this is wrong. Uh, he's he knows the characters. He knows Marvel. He knows the universe. Chances are I'm going to enjoy this. You know, the guy's a good writer. You know, I'm sorry I didn't like Loki, but, you know, I, if it's more if it's more along the lines of multiverse of madness, I'm sure I'll love it. Right. I mean, you didn't like Loki. That doesn't mean it wasn't written well. It's just something didn't jive with you. Yeah, That's it, right. That's it wasn't for me. Right. So um, it appears they're going to go with the 2015 um, version of the Secret War story, at least from the source material, uh, John Hickman's 2015 um, series. So, because that that has the multiversal elements in, which is definitely seems like this the way they're going, obviously with these phases. So, um, that one ends, uh, with a planet ruled by Doctor Doom. I don't know if they're going that way, but we do know that Fantastic Four is going to be a part of this. So, oh, don't believe. By the way, there's a stupid uh, fake Twitter account, a fake disgusting film that's going around talking about who got cast as Reed Richards. Um, just don't get burned by it. It is a fake account. So make sure count your eyes in discussing, uh, just by the way, now that you mentioned fantastic four, cause okay. they did that stupid tw- Twitter trick where they make their handle like the real, uh, oh, I handle and they just put like two eyes. So it's different. And if you're not paying attention, you can't catch it. So just be aware that, uh, the, the guy who hosts the late night show, the fat British guy, he's not cast as, uh, Reed Richards. It's a fake account. Wait a minute. They said that James Corden was Reed Richards. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do believe that anyway? Because they're idiots and they want to be first, <laughs> not right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, maybe it wasn't James Corden. Maybe it was John Oliver. No, no, it was, he was heavier. John oh, James. I, Cor- I okay. know John Oliver. Okay. I don't know this guy, but I, I know what he does. Like I've seen him before. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know uh, that that it's not James Corden. <laughs> so, I can't believe people actually believe that, but that's fine. Uh, I, 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 I'm not. I'm. Everyone knows I don't like discussing film. I don't like the way they go about their their uh, citations on Twitter. So like, right. when I saw it, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll wait and see. We'll, we'll see what happens. And then I was looking closely, and I was like, they don't seem to have a lot of followers. Right. <laughs> it's like they should be a lot bigger. And I'm looking close, like bastard. one of the interesting things in the article that to announce Walden is they gave the full amount that all the avengers films has made at least to me over 7.5 billion dollars how many avengers movies have there been four four wow okay well if you think about it didn't like uh one of them made two billion i think the first one um, no i thought the last one Oh, yeah, you might be right. I think that made two. The first bill. one made over a billion. That's what and the first one made, made a billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, I'm I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I'm not surprised, but just I'm actually surprised there's not more Avengers. Movies. I count Civil War as an Avengers film. That's fair. I, it's yeah. weird. It's funny you say that because it was on TV last night, and I was flipping channels, and I sat sat on it for a little while just to watch. Really, I I, I sat on Freddy vs Jason last night. <laughs> And yeah, it's weird when you say that because everyone says that, and I'm always like, maybe. And then when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, it really is just another. It's, it's yeah, like everyone's like, Captain America has a great trilogy. I was like, he doesn't have three movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like two and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's kind of the the um, 
the half story is about Captain America. The other half is about the Avengers. So yeah, you're understand correct. Um, all right. Well, that was a bit of good news. Uh, another bit of good news too is Black Panther Wakanda Forever obviously comes out on November 11th, but obviously we also know it's kind of going to be an on-screen funeral for Chadwick Boseman who played mm-hmm. T'Challa and passed away. Um, the director, Ryan Coogler, uh, recently spoke about it and he was almost quit directing, he said, uh, after Boseman's death, which is crazy when you think about the stuff he's done. Um, obviously, he did the, he's done the Creed movies uh black panther he did did he only do one creed movie yeah i think he did the first one yeah the first okay um and then he did fruitvale station which was um michael b jordan's actually big breakout movie uh he directed that as well kugler is one of the top guys in hollywood right now like there's no doubt about it like he is not only but and then you hear like he wanted to quit not only are you losing one of your best directors in the mcu where everyone criticizes you for not having real directors but like we're, as as an audience, we would lose one of the best directors of recent memory. Yep. Like it's a lose lose situation. So like, I understand. I now know how close they are, and you know, you lose a friend that close. I've been fortunate enough where that hasn't happened to me. Uh, yeah. Um. So I really can't relate, but I can understand what he was feeling. You know, when you lose so- someone close to you like that. Um. And I, like. I've, I've been on record saying the role should have been recast. I understand the emotions going on with the people involved. I still think the role should have been recast. Um, but, you know, to, to hear how rough this was for Coogler, it might make me change my mind a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I can relate, unfortunately, as um, you know, Pete, and I don't know if the rest of the audience knows, but if they don't, um, in 2019, my best friend died from... One of my best friends died from colon cancer, just like Chadwick Boseman. And I remember when I heard this news, I cried immediately because it just brought all that back to me. All those emotions back from when my friend passed. I didn't know Chadwick Boseman, but just because they died from the same thing. Mm. And um, it was so quick. Uh, I can relate. And yeah, you don't want to do the things you did with that person for a while. Like he was a big, my friend was a big Mets fan. And the first season back, I couldn't even watch the Mets. Like we we did the game in honor of him, which we always do every year. We go to a game every around his birthday. His birthday's in August, but I didn't even want to do it. I had to be forced to do it. Um, and just like I used to pick up the phone when any, he's a Giants fan too. Like we didn't root for the same team, so we used to talk a lot of crap, like as friends do. And I remember I wanted to call him uh, about something Giants related, and I pick up the phone, and then I'm like, "Oh crap!" Like you just things like that. It's just very hard to mm-hmm. reengage. And the things you used to do uh, when that happened. So I definitely relate, can relate to this. And I understand where he's coming from. Um, and the fact that he's this great creative guy who was willing to even thought about giving up something he loves to do. His whole uh, career. Yeah. Like that's, that's really, really um, goes in just how deep their friendship was and how much they, they cared for each other. Um, Cause this movie was huge. I mean, like black Panther was yeah. a, a huge cultural event. Yeah, it was. It, it's the only comic book movie to get an Oscar nomination. I mean, you know, that's it was a huge, huge thing. So, and uh, aside from the third act CGI, it's 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 a wonderful movie. Like I love, I love the movie. I really do. It's it's yeah. it's utterly fantastic. Uh, it's a character that I don't, you know, it's not really Black Panther was. I know enough about him to get by. He's not in my wheelhouse. He's not in my, not wheelhouse, but he's not my level of expertise. Like I can't, 
I can't go toe to toe with Paul Herman about Black Panther. Um, but <laughs> he, he is an awesome character. And, uh, you know, what they brought to the screen was something very special. Yeah. And Kugler said what brought him back was he was thinking about a lot of the conversations they had that were towards the end of um, Bozeman's life. He didn't know at the time, obviously. And he said, um, then he decided that it made more sense to keep going. So obviously they had discussions about the character and what was going to happen in the future with it. And um, that he made it, it obviously was something he felt he had to do at this point to kind of push uh, his keep his legacy going. So you're right. Thinking I've said the same thing as you. I thought they should have recast the character. But when you hear this, you kind of understand why they didn't. Um, and who knows if they do something in the future, maybe they eventually will. Um, but you know, I don't know, but, uh, it's again, I'm look, really looking forward to this film, but I also know it's probably going to be uh, a very, pretty emotional to watch. I'd bring, a, I'd bring some Kleenex. So yeah, I might need a tissue or two. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm an emotional dude. So, <laughs> Oh, I know. I trust me. <laughs> so, uh, I might, I might have to do that. So. All right, you so- might need a beach towel. <laughs> <laughs> like <Maybe>. seven feet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Again, we, you should, I- if you're going to go see it with Rick, you should bring a beach towel regardless because he's going to spill his drink on his seat. <laughs> oh, yes. Memories. Memories. Oh, uh, good old Rick Shue. He never disappoints, does he? That Unless you ask him to mash- make mashed potatoes. Then he'll disappoint you at every turn. Guys, this is some deep-rooted issues Pete ha- Pete has that are coming. I up. will never get over this mashed potatoes <laughs> thing. I won't. Very, very deep, deep down. He's actually stopped talking about them entirely since he hasn't made them for me, and I won't let him forget it either. That's true. That's true. Eh, whatever. My potatoes are better anyway. Anyway, Rick tells me um, he grows his potatoes for his mashed in his backyard. So <laughs> I was expecting this whole like shoe experience. Instead, I got Chicago-style ribs. Hmm. Yep. In Texas. Yes. Ah, see, guys, this is also a therapy session for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of therapy, no, I'm only kidding. Um, well, maybe kind of. Uh, we all know that Spider-Man No Way Home kind of felt like the ending of a trilogy. Well, it was the ending of a trilogy, but kind of felt like the ending for these characters as well, especially the way the movie ended. kind of left things very open to interpretation. So Jacob Batalon, obviously who plays Ned um, in um, the the MCU Spider-Man trilogy, spoke recently about uh, what this could mean. And if there is, if they're going to be back or what, you know, what's the future for him in the role. So I'll just read a couple of his quotes. He said, we were all very much, we all very much were crying our last day of work. Even at the premiere, we were all crying. It was such a beautiful experience to be a part of, I think, for all of us. We started at a very young age, being teenagers, essentially, when we started the first movie. And to really watch the arc of the movies come together and all of our characters come full circle, I would say that it was crazy. It was a crazy thing to read. It was crazy to see Andrew and Toby in the script. It was crazy to have all the villains in the script. And then to have it end the way it did on such a cliffhanger, obviously everyone wasn't expecting that. I would say that it's such a poignant ending to our movies. It really puts an exclamation on the continuance of Spider-Man, but maybe not with us. And I think that's a great thing. We may not necessarily be a part of it in the end, but it was a beautiful ride anyway. 
So he was pressed a little bit more and he spoke a little about more in the future. And he says, he, I feel like actors are the last people to know. I think that the people assume that actors are always hiding secrets. I promise you, we don't know anything. But again, if it's in the right place at the right time with the right group of people that we've been with, I would say, why not? But not. But other than that, whatever happens, happens. Really, those decisions are up to the big bosses, the people who signed the checks. We're open to the idea, but we're not hoping for it. So it does kind of sound that that was the end of that run for them, um, at least from what he's saying. It, it does make sense, right? Because apparently, like, they're all going to college except for Peter, and uh, no one remembers Peter anymore. So why would they be in the movie if uh, Peter it's pointless to interact with them? Um, this guy's been kind of contradictory. I've read a few articles by him, and he kind of goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. He's hinted at a hobgoblin things in the past. Now he says it looks like he's finished. I don't know if that's because he knows something or because he's just, he doesn't have an answer. So he just goes with the flow. Um, so I found that interesting that, you know, a few months before that he was talking about, yeah, we're talking about villains possibly turning my character. And, I'm, and now he's talking about, well, actors don't know. So, you know, Momoa denied being Aquaman for like 10 years. So mm. <laughs> uh, you can't trust anything that comes out of an actor's mouth, whether it's positive or negative. Um, Cause uh they're just not going to show their hand early. Um, so I, I don't know what to expect, um, to be honest with you. I could see them. I could see to have a Spider-Man movie without MJ is kind of crazy. I know Ned is he's right there with MJ is, you yeah. know, the, the, the kind of like the co-leads there. Uh, he's he's, you know, the guy in the chair, you know, <laughs> the best friend like Ned's in these movies as much as MJ is. Yeah, he is. So the whole memory loss thing, while it made sense for the movie, I want to see how that plays out in uh, in uh, future installments. Um, I could see MJ being more of a factor than Ned, obviously. Um, But as far as I remember, they're both going to MIT, correct? Yes. So they they very well might not be in the next Spider-Man film. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He does kind of speak um out of both sides of his mouth right like he kind of says one thing and then he comes back and says another maybe that's just being a well-trained actor yes that's part of it and he's always kind of saying whatever happens happens i'm open to it but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen but then again it might happen like it's just very very much uh double speak i think so so it kind of sounds like a finality and i do kind of think there's nothing brewing so that's kind of why he's saying it but I think he's also trying to kind of keep his name in the in the conversation by continuing to talk about it. That's how I read this. So we'll yeah. see what happens, right? I'm, I'm really I, I enjoyed this uh, Harry Osborne substitute with Ned Leeds. You know, usually this is something I'd probably destroy, but um, I thought the chemistry between um, this young man and Holland was great. I thought what they did with Ned was fantastic. And to be honest, you know. When, since day one, when you mentioned Ned Leeds, I'm thinking Hobgoblin frame yeah. story all the way. And I know this guy recently lost a ton of weight. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to ever see him pop up wearing uh, orange on a got glider because uh, there's no green goblin in this universe. There's no Norman Osborn. There's not. Uh, there's right. got to be a goblin somewhere. Um, yes. And while the green goblin probably is the number one nemesis for Spider-Man, 
I'm I am more of a Hobgoblin fan, mostly because of the animated show and Mark Hamill. So I would love to see a Hobgoblin uh, on screen one day. Yeah, I mean that's that. It would also be a way to differentiate between the the all the Spider-Man movies. Like they they kind of been doing that in the MCU with a with a number of choices they've made. Mm-hmm. Not all have a hit. Not all, you know. Obviously, some people have issues with certain things that they've done, which oh, is yes. perfectly <laughs> which is perfectly understandable. I get it, but um. You know, they've kind of been on that path, like, let's kind of make this different, not what people have seen before, uh, you know, so it would go, right, it, not having the Green Goblin, but having Hobgoblin in would kind of go. To and you could kind of do that whole yeah. Harry Osborn story where he eventually becomes a Green Goblin. You can do that with Ned very easily in this universe. Yes, you can. Yes, you could. So we'll see going forward. Um, I just, uh, I just wonder what's going to happen with Spider-Man. Uh, in this universe again because we don't know sony's involvement obviously they're still involved but we don't know what their involvement is going to be with their monster or has holland even signed a contract that's what i mean like we don't know what's going to happen and who does he sign this contract with like i i I don't know the parameters i don't know the deal but like is is the contract done is the sony disney contract over i don't know and i don't know i don't think it was done as that i think it was done as a just a joint production so I don't even know how that would work. Because like be he had, he, he, I know he can appear in certain movies. I, 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 again, like I don't know all the legal mumbo jumbo. This is more of a Casey Walsh question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone, so. someone, um, someone above my pay grade. That's for sure. Because I don't know. I mean, I could read a contract, but I have never seen one. So I have no, <laughs> with this. So I have no idea what what this means. So we'll see what happens going forward. But one thing we know that is coming fo- coming. Is Deadpool three, and we got that fantastic announcement that Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. will be reprising the role as Wolverine. So Ryan Reynolds, apparently they've been he's been sitting on this news for a long time. Uh, I don't know why he had wasn't able to talk about it till recently. I guess maybe there was like we said contract logistical things they had probably to right out. place, right time type deal. But yeah, but he recently talked about the excitement about finally having this news out there. Uh, so he says he's he's he couldn't be more excited, especially to do it the way they did it. Uh, he's getting to work with some of his closest friends. Obviously, him and Hugh Jackman have a really good relationship, as we've seen off screen as well. Um, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Hugh Jackman posted a thing on his Twitter account, a picture of him in a bathrobe uh, brushing his teeth, standing next to Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. And he, he said it was a caption contest, like caption this. Okay, I did not see that. <laughs> so if you saw it, yeah, it was funny. Some of the, you could go read some of the captions. They were pretty funny. Um, but like I said, he'd been sitting on those couple of teasers for a few weeks. Uh, you know, he said he was he's saying one of those moments where he's kind of hitting send or tweeting post and his head, he's like shaking because he doesn't know how it's going to be reviewed or, or, you know, oh, he's crazy. He knew. <laughs> Stop it. Hugh Jackman. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So the excitement. For, yeah. I mean, again, I, this is a character that the way it started out was so bad. And what they've been able to do with it? Oh, um, Deadpool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Deadpool Wolverine. Was like, no, no, no. That first. Movie oh, no, was no. No, Wolverine was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just Deadpool, and the fact that we're getting a third film now uh, is just fantastic. I'm. I can't wait for this. I mm. really hope this works. Uh, but you could. I love it when you hear the excitement with the creative people behind it. Yeah. They're excited. Definitely. That's what you want to hear. So. Yeah, this man. is exciting for me. I, I still think this is a little bit laziness on part of the MCU. 
uh, with the whole like legacy casting thing. It's kind of, <laughs> I've kind of reached my limit and I haven't even seen Keaton yet, <laughs> you know, to be brutally honest. Um, but you know, I can't deny Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman. Like I, from what did he do? He did that, that movie he did where he was the circus guy singing, like that. He did that musical. I thought Last that, Showman? that was fantastic. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the only, I think the only Hugh Jackman movie I don't like is X-Men Origins. <laughs> <laughs> to be brutally honest, I love Logan. Uh, as Logan, as much as like Logan was a wonderful uh, send off for that version of Wolverine. I don't think this is that version of Wolverine. I think this will be something different. I think this will be the equivalent to whatever Charlie Cox is, you yeah, know? Okay. That's you fair. Know? Just same face, different place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's my thinking. And I know everyone wants the yellow and blue suit. I kind of hope they go yellow and brown original Wolverine. I think we're going to get that suit though. I do. That'd be cool. I mean, I liked what they did with, uh, with Jackman with the hair, like in the, in the expert movies where like, he didn't have the mask, but he had the hair. And I'm telling you, I said this about the thing. I need a cigar. (laughs) I need Hugh Jackman to smoke a cigar. Well, yeah, that's kind of been his thing. I know that, but Disney probably won't let him do it, and I I need that to happen. They would Warner Brothers wouldn't let. This is I think we talked about these two shows in a row. I need these guys to be smoking cigars. Come on now, let's. If they're gonna let, like, because we saw this in in uh, Deadpool two, if they're gonna let Ryan Reynolds rub his sack across the face of Josh Brolin, (laughs) but that's a Fox movie. I I know, but I'm saying they're saying that they're gonna let them do what they do. You got to prove it to saying. me because, because I'll tell you what, apparently things on blade aren't going the way they're supposed to be going. So yeah, let's, that is a good and that, that is a violent, bloody character as but, is Deadpool and Deadpool's cruder. So, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. Until I see that first trailer and know they're not messing with it. I'm, I'll have a little concern. Yeah. I mean, we. I know. Yes, you brought up Blade, so it's a good place for us to go next. Um, Marsha Ali, as we have heard, is was very, very upset uh, with the process um, because it only had two action sequences. Uh, again, this is being reported. I think Jeff Snyder is the first person I saw. Mm-hmm. So he was give credit to Jeff. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently that's what the issue was, and that's why. Um, the director might have walked um Balsam Tariq kind of left the project. Mm-hmm. Uh so who knows? I mean, you're right. That's a fair, that's very fair to wonder now why. Uh why there's only two action sequences in the film, especially for a character that, you know, as we know, is very bloody. I mean, also- you look at those Wesley Snipes movies, yeah. even Blade Three, as bad as it is, it's action heavy. Yeah. I don't hate that movie as much as most people, but it's horrible. But yeah, yeah I um I uh, yeah, I, you're right. All the things you're saying are very true. It's very, very possible uh, getting that news now about Blade that. And this is the first time this is really we've ever heard this from the MCU. You know, we've had directors leave over creative differences. That's fine. Yes. But yeah. to have a director leave because he's upset with how you know the, the movie's going and then to have the lead upset with how the movie's going. This is the first time that they've ever experienced anything like this. Yeah. So we're going to find out how good their quality control is. Yep. So if we know the film has also been pushed back 
uh, because but, uh, dude, no one's complaining about this. This is so, interesting. That's another thing that we heard. Lead is unhappy. Directors left. Movies pushed back. And, and crickets. <laughs> it's very interesting what people complain about. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I can't figure it out. Hmm. Again, like I said last week, they have a built-in benefit of the doubt. So whenever this happens, whenever stuff happens to the MCU, people just assume it's for the best because it's them. You're right. Uh, the director leaving the project is definitely for the best. <laughs> the, <laughs> they, the lead being upset with the project is definitely for the best. That's I good. agree with you, but we know think, why, right? Like, you know why you should, it shouldn't be a question as to why people don't get upset about it. Because I, I think you should, if one, they'll if, figure it if out, it's not good enough for one. It shouldn't be, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think things are balanced. Like, you know, that's all. I just think people like to complain for, I guess, air quotes, ratings. Everyone I mean, wants to, everyone wants to be Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. It was definitely, I mean, I remember when, uh, I'm just going to talk about Star Wars, when Gareth Edwards was doing Rogue One and then Tony Gilroy came in to clean it up, there was, you know, Star Wars fans freak out over everything. So there was a huge, huge uh, backlash to that as well. And it turned out to work, it worked out for the best. I, the yeah, but that's like, that's the rare example. You look at Justice League, you look at Fantastic Four, like that, <laughs> that never happens. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that like, you know, you pick up someone else's scraps and you can do something else. You know, like, But this isn't tough. even a pickup. This is a complete oh, rewrite. Yeah, no, I know. It's just... So Let's go back to square one. It just, I, it just again, it like, yes, yeah, this, this sounds, if this was a Warner brothers production, people would be up in arms. I'm sorry. No. If it was a DC production, specifically a DC production, people. Would yeah. Be I agree. With I agree. You. I agree. No, it would. I agree with you. I agree because so much was made about what happened with justice league. You know, we to disrespect to the fans, you know, going wrong. They, yeah, they got the head start and they got all this goodwill, but don't, don't tell me that this is a good thing. You know, don't be like, oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. No, it's not. Because if it had a different logo on it, you'd be complaining like a baby. I also wonder if it, if this was Captain America and not Blade, what the reaction would be. That's another, just the character itself. Obviously, Captain America is a much more high-profile character than Blade. Mm. So you wonder if this was happening to that, people might freak, be more apt to freak out. Than when was the character. last time we lost a director in the MCU? Was it Ant-Man? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so again, you're talking about a lesser-known character? Yeah. That's the last time I can think of that they lost one. And they had a couple of directors on that. Edgar Wright was the one that lost He was the original one. Yeah, He's still Peyton credited Reed. with story, and I think he gets a producer credit. Yep. Peyton Reed took over and mm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's the last time I could, th- I remember, I forget the director. I guess you of, could say fantastic four. Yeah. I guess you could put that in there. Um, I fr- the director, I remember, I remember the first time I heard about the director issues after, uh, was after Thor, the dark world when Alan Taylor talked about how tough it is to work on an MCU film. He wasn't replaced, but I just remember, like that was the first time I heard a director saying, yeah, this is not, you know, not the best creative environment for. I mean, well, Mickey Rourke had his issues as well early on. Like he was, he was actually the first person to really vocally complain about things he wanted to do. And to be honest, I like Iron Man too than any of those other Iron Man movies. So if you want to <laughs> come at me, go ahead and but I'll tell you, shove it. Um, you know, I just, it's people have complained 
No, it's, you know? again, like we like, like we say all the time. Blade seems to be the biggest. Ex- it, it, it seems like it's imploding. Well, we'll see. I hope not. Uh, it's a cool character. It's a he, Ali is a great actor, so I want to see his take on the role. I'd be interested to see so. the reaction to the if if things are still in on Rocky terms. If Ali just leaves, like what if Ali backs out? Like I can't do this. You guys are a mess. I'd love to see the spin from the peanut gallery. No, that might, that might be the one that puts it over. That might be the one that people just are like, all right, what the hell's going on? Like what's Marvel doing? That definitely could be the, the straw that breaks the camera. I, I would love to see that to be honest. I'd love to see the reaction to that. I think it would be a great little social experiment. It would. Yeah. It would be interesting to see the difference, uh, to, to weigh the reaction difference between this happening in the MCU and what we've seen with DC. It would kind of be cool to see, even though I'm not one for the, you know the house fighting. I, I don't care, but it would be just. I'm not either. I just just treat it, yeah. just treat them both fair, equally. Yeah, just be interesting to see from the people in our world uh, how they'd react to that. I agree with you. I think that'd be, that'd you know, be interesting. All right. Well, it's time to react to the end of the show. So, <laughs> so let people know where they can find you, Pete. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite platform bureau at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one, the podcast you're listening to right now, Straight to Gotham at Straight underscore O underscore G, both Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Consider joining both and following. There's a lot of great discourse there. We're building a wonderful little community of fanboys and fangirls to discuss all these topics that we discuss on the show and things we don't. So if you like what we do here, that is the place for you to go. Um, you know, we try to keep it as integral as possible. We try to keep it strictly to the trades and uh, we sprinkle a little BOF and a little Dark Horizons in there. So we try to give you the most legit news you could possibly get. We don't do clickbait. We don't do bullshit. We try to just give you the facts, you know, Dragnet style. Uh, you can follow podcast number two, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. I co-host that with Chicago's finest, the greatest fans in the history of Wrigley Field, Nico and Nicholas Caruso, at Italians for, uh, at Italians for Spidey on Twitter. Um, we are planning on recording a new show this month. I finally got my hands around Nico's throat and made him record. <laughs> so we're going to do that. The kid's been busy. Uh, so uh, we're going to finally get to uh, talk about some Spider-Man. Um, I'm all over BatmanOnFilm.com. I'm all over Batman on Film YouTube. Interviews with Tower Strong, Michael Uslin. I've interviewed Rich Citrone, Zaddy Favorite. I have comic book reviews over there. I've got toy reviews on YouTube. I've got everything you could possibly want. Uh, I may not be at Comic-Con, but I probably know as much, as, if not more, as anybody in that building. So uh, hit me up. Let's have some fun. Let's, uh, let's, let's do a little chit-chat. Oh, also, uh, I am also working on my fifth autobiographical novel on Eric Holzman, uh, The Early Years, from <laughs> from Sea to Shining Sea, the Eric Holzman story uh, and his trip to Florida. So make sure you check that out. It's it's another just another factoid about him and his feats of accomplishment, um, how Eric basically built uh, most of the architecture on Themyscira and how you can't see it because you're a man. If you need any more information about that, Pete, just let me know. I'll hook you up with the right people. That's, I've, I've been talking to your sisters and your mother. We got it under control. All right. All right. And well, there might be other people, too, you want to talk to. But I, just let me know. No, please. Okay. I got if I need Leia's opinion, I'll ask for it. <laughs> all right, guys. If you want to reach me, you know how to on Twitter at Finally33, spell Finale33. Uh, don't forget, I also host a podcast on the New York Knicks. Really more of a live stream show now, a weekly live stream show um, called All Nicked Up at all underscore Nick underscore up on Twitter. Check me out over there. If you're fans of the New York Knicks, make sure to check again. We, 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 we go live every week on Wednesday. 
So if you got Wednesday at nine o'clock Eastern time, so if you guys want to check out now that the season's underway, we'll be coming to you live every week at nine o'clock. Uh, How many games are in preseason? Four. They're four. So uh, they look good in the first two games, but again, it's preseason, so I'm not holding my breath. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, don't forget to check out there. Um, again, I'll be reviewing Titans for for BOF coming in November, so look out for that. If you want to read my old reviews, go back and check. I'm a, they're all over there. They're archived. I think I checked today. I have like 20-something articles on BOF, so if you guys want to read any of the 20 articles that I've get you typing again. That I've written, go back over there, uh, check that out, and you can find my stuff over there as well. Um, oh, really quickly, guys, people in the Facebook group, uh, with the with the Cadbury cream eggs, I hate you all. Everyone who likes those damn things, I hate you all. It's <laughs> delicious candy. Oh come on! Why are we talking about Easter candy and Halloween? Huh? Because we talked about it on the last show. You brought it up. Don't tell me what I did. <laughs> you did. You brought it up. Don't put words in my mouth that I put there myself. <laughs> oh, here we go. You're White Goodman now. Here we go. I sure. <laughs> I wish. I wish I had his money. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, that's why I brought it up. But that's why that was there. That's why I put that there. Well, can you do a candy corn poll or something? It was Steve Helms' fault, actually. Steve, Steve, because of the last show, he... Steve Helms talking like this, real Texan. Yeah, he put it on, uh, he sent it on my page, a picture of the Cadbury Cream Eggs. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I need to ask everyone how they feel about this damn candy. So that's how it happened. But uh, yeah, all of you who like those things, I don't get it. That I, I, uh, it looks like uh, snot. It looks like snot in the chocolate. That's what it looks like. It looks like I don't know compound sugar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, don't forget, guys. Also, let let I put a post. I'm gonna re. I'll resend it to everybody. But I put a post up there about your favorite Halloween memory. So if you guys can get that, I'd like to have them for our Halloween show when we do it. Uh, which we talk. Which we will mm. be recording soon. Um, I gotta watch this movie. With could we have picked a, a franchise of more movies? <laughs> with Ryan Lauer because he's been wanting to do it. So uh, we will have Ryan Lauer. On that how's the OnlyFans account going, by the way? What your OnlyFans? How's that going? Oh, it's fantastic! Wow, you're making a lot of money. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And so, how do you think I pay for the show? <laughs> I, I, so, what do you like, what do you do? Do you just make like casseroles naked? Is that what it is? It's like the Eric Holzman nude cooking hour. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Uh, nude noodles left. with Holzman. That's pretty much <laughs> nude, it. Noodles with Holzman. <laughs> yep. You know, I do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but go check it out, guys. Go check it out. It's at, at um, E. coli is my name. So <laughs> go check it out over there. It's fantastic. E. And we will, uh, you guys can check out my own. If you're eating those new noodles, you're getting salmonella. <laughs> All right, we're going to sh- lay his barking again, so let's shut this down. So for Pete, I'm Eric. You're listening to Straight Outta Gotham. We'll see you next time. Booyah!